this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more of The Confessionals on a weekly basis, we release another encounter story on Thursdays, just like on Tuesdays. And that my friends, is on theconfessionalspodcast.com. All you got to do is be a member. So go to the membership section right there, hit the join button, and become a member today. Now, we got a great guest coming on the show. We have L.A. Marzulli. We had L.A. Marzulli for episode 18, and he makes his return over 200 episodes later. We're excited to have him on the show, and we talk to him about two completely different topics. We talk about the COVID coup, as he calls it, when it comes to the coronavirus, and we also talk to him about his new project called On the Trail of the Nephilim. So we get into it right away, the first half of the show, with his COVID coup, COVID-19 thoughts and reactions. And then on the second half of the show, we get into it with his experiences running all over the country searching for evidence of the Nephilim. Let's get to it. All right, today we got a returning guest, somebody who is a long time coming, but I'm glad he's back. L.A. Marzulli, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm glad you're here. Now, I just want to let everybody know a little bit of a background story to kind of get things going. Uh, you were on episode 18 of The Confessionals, and that's when I just first started the show. Uh, I, I was not, I was, I wasn't sure what I was doing with the show yet, and I was at my parents' house. And we were talking about the show coming up and stuff, and 
my dad suggested to me, he said, you know who you should have on? L.A. Marzulli. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. But I didn't think I could get you on. So I just shot you an email when I got home that night. And within like the first 30 minutes, you email me back saying, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, Holy crap. It's, uh, I, I really didn't expect you to come on such a, such a new podcast. And uh, I'm really grateful you did. And now as a, a veteran podcaster, I know why you did because attention is currency. And so anywhere I can go to, to be interviewed and draw attention to what I'm doing, uh, I'm down for it. So I'm really glad that you came on the show early on. And to this day, three years later, people are still talking about the interview and stuff. They love you. They love the fact you were on the show and they've been asking me to have you back on the show. So here you are. Thank you very much for returning. Well, it's the honor is all mine and uh, it's, it's just great to be back. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So uh, there's two different topics we're going to kind of cover today, and uh, they're contrasting topics, really. And uh, we're going to get the heavier stuff out of the way as far as current events goes and stuff. I had reached out to you about the whole COVID-19 thing. I had saw some of your videos that you were putting up on YouTube and stuff. And I kind of just wanted to get your opinion as to what is going on here, because I know you kind of called it uh, in some of your videos, a uh, the COVID coup. And I'd like to have you kind of go into that a little bit and explain what you mean by that and how you feel about this whole thing. Because uh, we've been covering a lot on this show and a lot of people have been having, uh, you know, differing opinions on it because it's like the government's saying one thing and then they're doing another and nobody really seems to know what to think about this. And, and I concur. You know, I've, I've been saying all along that the JFK assassination was real. Let's start there. Uh, JFK was gunned down in Dallas. It was a conspiracy. I believe it, it, it will eventually when it comes out, it will lead to the higher echelons of the FBI and the CIA. Um, I believe it was a coup. He was trying to get rid of the Federal Reserve, shatter the CIA and a thousand splinters. That's a direct quote and abolish the uh, uh, or bring our boys home from Vietnam. So, I mean, that was strike three. And they and they gunned him down in Dallas. And they, of course, they the same thing with with RFK. I think they that was also a uh, uh, another hit by the deep state, the shadow government. So that was real. The consequences of that were just unbelievable, just be beyond beyond the pale. And anyone, the, the word and label conspiracy theorists, to the best of my knowledge, came from anyone who would question the Warren Commission's findings that Oswald was the lone gunman. So anyone who had a different theory, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. And now that's just anybody who stands up and says anything against the status quo is now labeled a conspiracy theorist. Worse, if you stand up today and talk about uh, the Wuhan virus, because it's, you know, COVID-19, it's the Wuhan virus, okay? Let's call it for what it is. If you stand up and say anything, you're a racist, you're a fascist, you're a terrorist. It's unbelievable what, how the left and the, and the loony, the loony left and the crazy media uh, portrays anyone who's got a half a brain and, and, and dares to think outside the box a little bit. So the second, the second rung on the ladder is the 9-11 events. The towers did come down. We all get that. But what caused the towers collapse? And let's just take the towers out and go to Building 7. Building 7 was not hit by an airplane. It had a fire. It's the first steel building in, in all of modernity to collapse like that from a fire. First steel building to collapse from a fire ever, 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 ever. That doesn't happen. And there's a reason for this, because steel buildings don't collapse from a stinking fire. That building collapsed at free fall speed. In my opinion, we're looking at a scalar technology, some sort of a weapon that was used 
that basically disintegrated the building. You can watch uh, Dr. Judy Wood talk about justification because that's what's going on when the towers fall. You can see entire sections just turning to dust right before your eyes. How's that possible? How is that possible? And yet, because it's cognitive dissonance, people that never seen anything like that, they can't wrap their heads around it. Fast forward to where we are now in day whatever it is of this crazy lockdown. First of all, it's an unprecedented event in all of history. The entire globe has never been locked down like this, ever, 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 end of story. And now it's going into Africa. So it's basically a global event. Um, and the goofy musicians on Saturday, you know, we are the world next, you know, the, the one world morons, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a little three-chord rock and roll. Give me a freaking break. You know, just 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 go away. Go away with your bad self. We're just all tired of it. And, you know, trying to tell us that somehow we'll all get through this together. It's a, we're a global community. No, it's not a global community, all right? And anyone who wants a new world order in a global community, see me after class. You know, I don't, I don't want to be lumped in with communist China. I don't want to live in Zambia, uh, okay? I don't want to live in, in a quasi-fascist state like they have in Spain, because that's it's, I've been to Spain, beautiful country, the people are amazing, but it's borderline there, really borderline in some of these other places. I, I, don't, I don't want that. I want to live in America under the Constitution. That's what I want. So I don't want to be a global citizen. I don't, I don't want to be a global citizen. I don't identify with the Chaikoms. I don't identify with what is, what is what was Russia or what is Russia now. I don't. I don't identify with that. I don't identify with the multi-culty nonsense that we see in Europe. So all of a sudden we get this ridiculous disease and we're told by Dr. Fiasco, who I call Dr. Fauci, I call him Dr. Fiasco, and Dr. Burks, you know, they're up there going, 2.2 million people will die unless we do something. The sky is falling. So here we are after Trump heeds their warning and does what he's instructed to do because he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's looking at. And this is the COVID coup. And, and we know this from Dr. Graves, who was on my show several weeks ago, where she is in correspondence with uh, tens, scores of doctors all, all across the country. And they were pushing back against this stuff. And they said that a regimen of hydroxychloroquine showed a, not only promise, but the, the cure ratio was, was through the roof, according to their stats. They hand-delivered a written letter to Trump. It was hand-delivered to him. And the next day, Trump started talking about hydroxychloroquine with a regimen of uh, azithromycin and zinc. And immediately, Dr. Fiasco gets up there, oh, no, we can't go with that. And then shortly thereafter, there was this big brouhaha in the White House over this with the COVID task force where this Peter Navarro threw down the gauntlet and said, here are the facts coming in. He gave everyone a pamphlet of information. We need to go with hydroxychloroquine. It, it can work. We don't have time to wait a year to test for a vaccine. This stuff, we know it works. And, of course, Dr. Fiasco, there was like a – apparently it got very heated. And so since then, we know that the, that the, that the models um, are completely erroneous. And, of course, Fiasco and Burks are saying that the reason why the models – the reason why it's working is because – we quarantine and we self-distance, yada, yada, yada. So now we've got Bill, Bill Gates. Well, this will never go away until we vaccinate the 7 billion people on the planet. Oh, isn't that interesting? And guess who's going to do the vaccination 
guess who will profit from it? And and here's what I, we had a Vimeo. We had a PPS report that was taken down on Vimeo because the content was not suitable for all advertisers wow. and was not not according to our community. You know, that's what I think of that. So and, and the reason why I'm agitated is, well, what about free speech? You know, why is it that we have all these other people can get up and say anything about anything? But the moment I push back against the narrative that that's like like hate speech or I'm a terrorist or whatever or spreading false information, which is what they said. So I pushed back and said, you know, this is what I said. I quoted Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. In, in the show, we show what, what he said about this and about Bill Gates. We quoted the fact that when Gates did his little polio vaccination nonsense over in India, fi- uh, upwards of 500,000, just shy of 500,000 sh- children were paralyzed because of that, that vaccine. So why isn't the media running with that story? Why did they take it down? Hmm. We got a, a clip of Bill Gates going, like I said, you know, flailing his arms and this isn't going to go away until everybody gets vaccinated. I mean, there's an agenda here. There's an agenda here. And part of it is you collapse the economy and you blame it all on Trump, which is what the mainstream media is doing. They're blaming everything on Trump. So they they can't get rid of him. This is a deep state. They can't get rid of him with the bogus FISA warrants, which allowed the FBI and the powers that be to spy against the Trump campaign. They can't get him that way. Then they can't get him with the bogus Mueller investigation. 25 or 30 million dollars then they can't get in with the goofy adam schiff star chamber and the bogus impeachment stuff there was no quid pro quo how many times do we have to say that and yet all these weasels like bill maher get up and try to um you know spin this thing another way meanwhile you know trump closed uh, all traffic from china before anybody else did before there was one death in america he did that is that proactive is that and he's not a good leader are you kidding me Nancy Pelosi and some of these Democrats should be ashamed of themselves, ashamed of themselves. But all it's about is power, power, power. So why America and small business are going under and millions of people are out of work. She's sitting there with a $24,000 refrigerator and showing us her, you know, $18 a pint ice creams. You know, are you kidding me? It's, it's, it's Nancy Antoinette. That's exactly what it is. And Trump did this wonderful campaign ad. The bottom line is here. They can't get rid of them, so now they do this. They're willing to collapse the economy. Why? Because out of chaos order. Whose order? The new world order. And that's what this is. And by the way, the virus, the apparently the vaccine, There's a. Uh, it's going around on the Internet. The, the, the patent for that is WO2020-060606. I'm not making this stuff up. Now, if, that, if that's a canard, I apologize. But it seems like it's real. I haven't you know, checked it, but it seems like it's real to me. So WO, World Order 2020, here we are, and, uh, you know, 666. So, you know, in my report today, we, we push back, the, the people of Texas are pushing back, the Michiganders are pushing back, and Governor Willis up there, uh, and I've got names I've learned from the president. Governor, Governor Whitless up there is there's going to be revenge for the protesters. And then you get these left-wing people like Joy Bear. Oh, they're terrorists, they're terrorists. I mean, these people really need a, a checkup from the neck up. Thank God we're pushing back. But you get these draconian governors like 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 Whitless up in the up in Michigan and, and the guy in New Jersey where, you know, if you, you come into this guy's tulip farm in your car, you're going to get arrested and fined. <laughs> Same thing in Alabama. 
this black black pastor is trying to get a, a parking lot service and there's like 10 cop cars out there 10 cop cars i mean you think this guy was dealing cocaine yeah. you know meanwhile the, on, and, he, and he said this you know what what about going down the street corner where all the drugs are trafficking from you know why is it that liquor stores are open and churches are closed why is it that churches are closed but the mosques are open allegedly in certain areas i mean this whole thing is is just you know how come how come i can go into walmart but I can't go to this closing store. Why Why does Walmart stay open and this store doesn't? So will somebody explain that to me? I really don't understand. Why can't I go to the grocery store, but I you know, I can only do this? And now i got to wear a pink armband in Montana. I think it's Montana to show that I'm COVID-free. I mean, this is, you know, next thing it's going to be a yellow star like we had in the, uh, in the Holocaust days in Germany. This is draconian. And thank God people in Michigan, the Michiganders are pushing back. They've already got over 200,000 signatures to recall Whitless, and they need to get rid of her. This is the problem. You And what, what, what I love about this, one thing it is showing, it shows, you know, who are the real fascists? Because Whitless is acting like, like a dictator. That's what she's doing. You know, papers, please. I mean, this is, this is what she's doing. She's acting like a, like a flipping dictator. Same thing with the knucklehead in New Jersey. And Tucker Carlson asked this guy, what do you consider anybody's First Amendment rights? And he just kind of laughed and said, no, I didn't even think of that. Well, you, that's the problem, pal. You took an oath to uphold the Constitution, and you've already failed miserably. Recall that knucklehead, too. Look, I get it. The disease is real. We've had 40,000 deaths. And that number has been, has been definitely padded, definitely padded. I don't trust these numbers as far as I could throw them because we've heard that, well, you know, he he had pre-existing condition when he went in and he died of, of, of COVID-19. Well, you know, how do we know that? And, and we get reports from doctors and nurses coming on the record saying that they're being told to rework the death count so they can drive up the numbers. So it's a pandemic. Well, I get that. Just but just like the flu. I mean, you know, and, and you go around here in Oklahoma City, everybody's got masks and people are like paranoid. This is this is no way to live. It's no way to live. And we need to lift this thing May 1st and get back to work in America and stop with this freaking nonsense. And it's coming out and it's unraveling. What gives me hope is that allegedly the indictments are going to be revealed this week, which will show. And, you know, Trump's just said it over the weekend that the scum of the top echelon of the FBI and the CIA, the scum in the high ranks. And he's right. They are scum. The fact that they would create uh, bogus FISA warrants to spy on our president even before he's elected and then create this whole Russian P dossier thing, which was concocted by Hillary Clinton and the Steele dossier and all this other stuff. I mean, this is I'm not making this stuff up. It's all there. And these people need to be need to be accountable. And hopefully we'll find out who really murdered Seth Rich and on and on it goes. There's a lot at stake here, folks. And the reason why Americans will not go quietly is because we're armed to the teeth. You remember, the Democrats have been trying to get gun control, gun control, round up all of our guns. Well, we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to do that. And why do I need an AR-15? You know why? Because if a bunch of jack booted thuds, if we really get into a some kind of crazy shooting match in this country, God forbid we have some kind of a civil war. But, you know, you already look at the policemen rounding up people and saying you can't do this and you can't do that. I mean, you give these people a little bit of power and they're arresting people and citing people a thousand dollars. A paddle border out in out in California 
arrested, $1,000 fine for paddling out on the ocean. They, 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 skateboard park was saying, you know, we can't have people skateboarding here, my God. Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles, if you snitch, you'll be rewarded. I mean, this is draconian. These, these people are the real fascists. Those are the fascists. Those are the people that are against the Constitution, against the Bill of Rights. Shame on them. Shame on them. So Americans need to stand up, understand that what we're living in is tenuous, tumultuous, unprecedented. And here's the other thing. We might be looking at the rapture of the church. And I, and I mean that. Um, this is, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, uh, if we went up soon. And I mean that. I'm hopeful. Wow. You came out the gates throwing fireballs. I love it. I absolutely love it. (laughs) All right, let's take a break right now and talk to you about one of our sponsors for today's show. It is a serious sponsor because we're in serious times. Right now, I know there's a lot of people that are sitting at home depressed. They lost their jobs. They're laid off. They're not sure how they're going to pay their bills. And sometimes you need help. And BetterHelp is that company. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, help. They are an online counseling service where you can sign up online and actually meet with a counselor online. You can even send the counselor messages 24 hours a day. They're very prompt in getting back to you as far as response time. And this is a service that is worldwide. So if you're listening to me right now and you're in Australia, you know I'm in Philly, you still qualify for this service. And this is a very important service I think that people should take advantage of because if you need help, don't lie to yourself. Go get that help. And sometimes getting help through an online service is the most efficient way for your life, your lifestyle, or maybe even your personality. So if you want to check it out, visit betterhelp.com slash confessionals. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the confessionals listeners gets 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash confessionals. You mentioned about the padding of the numbers, and I'll tell you, LA, I, I have a listener in Greece, and he emailed me, I'd say about a week or two ago, and he told me what happened to him and his family. His aunt was dying of stage four cancer, and she passed away from stage four cancer. The doctors came in afterwards, and anybody can go on my Instagram. I actually posted the actual email that he sent me on the Instagram, uh, but he, he told me in this email that the doctors came in afterwards and asked him specifically if he wanted to deal, and he asked them what he meant. they meant by that, and he, they said to him and his family that the government is offering 5,000 euros to anybody who wants to claim their family member's death as a COVID-19 death because they're padding the numbers. And he was angry as all get out. Now, I know that's that's Greece and I know that's one person's statement and, and you know, show me the evidence, right? But uh, he contacted me right. and told me that uh, that happened to him and his family and he's been hearing that throughout uh, the area 
before his aunt even died. And so what's the point of uh, this whole idea of padding numbers? Well, maybe it's to push that agenda of forced vaccination. And, you know, that people say sure. people say that, you know, forced vaccination. No, that, that would never happen, especially in America. Let me remind you about what happened with the Japanese camps in America. That happened because what they did was they took the fear, the collective fear of the American public against one enemy and they t- they turned that attention to your neighbors who looked like the enemy and everybody was okay with it then to put people in camps. And so if you take the collective fear in this country of the vaccine of, of the COVID-19 and you take the collective fear of that, everybody's more willing to say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take a vaccine and just make sure I don't get the COVID." That's where this is going. And it's terrifying. And and so what amazes me is how people are willing to give up their freedoms to suspend the Constitution for the promise of safety and well-being, for the illusion of safety and well-being. So, you know, I frankly, we haven't gotten a PPP check. We probably won't. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, she, she loves her ice cream. Meanwhile, you know, people are going under. And you know what? This this whole thing uh, is just I mean, it's a mad. I've said it right from the get go, and I got criticized by people. Oh, you're going to be responsible for people dying because of this. Not so fast, citizen. It is a managed agenda. We are looking at an orchestrated event, a managed agenda. And I think Trump is realizing it because he's a really smart guy. And, you know, he, he mobilized, um, he, he mobilized the private sector to make the ventilators. I mean, this, this guy, you know, he's he's a CEO. We actually have an executive in the executive branch instead of a, a, a community organizer, right? Who the last guy was, who never held a real job in his life for crying out loud, who has no idea of the private sector, private sector and, and, and scolded us that, well, you didn't make that. Well, excuse me, uh, Mr. Obama, with all due respect, sir, I did make that. My blood, sweat, and tears made that. The government had nothing to do with it except ding me when I made a lot of money and take try to take most of it from me. Thank you very much. Higher, higher taxes on, under your ridiculous presidency, eight years. Worst president in history, in my opinion. And, you know, I, I was uh, targeted by the deep state, and I believe that the Obama administration used the IRS to target Christians and conservative voices. As I was one of them, Russ Dizdar was another one. Paul Bagley told us that when he was um, uh, um, hounded by the guys from the deep state, they showed them a list, 50 names. There's there's Marzulli, there's Dizdar, there's Bagley. Right there, 50 names. These are the people that were watching. These are the rabble-rousers of a dissonance. We don't, want, we don't like that. And Hillary was always supposed to be the president. There's no way Trump was ever going to win. And in the last two weeks, the tables turned, and Hillary realized that the Rust Belt uh, was looking at Trump, and that the states that she thought she was going to win, it was a shoe-in, not so fast, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin. They, they, all, went, they all went, you know, red. They, they all went for Trump. And uh, that's why the last week, Obama and Hillary go flying out there in desperation, but it's too late at that point. And they, they realized that uh, all they promised these people Every four years, they come up and promise them something, and they don't, they don't ever deliver the goods. And that's why Trump's – look, Trump was the shoe in. His, his rallies are unprecedented in all of modern history. We've never seen anything like it, where tens of thousands of people wait, sometimes a day or two, stand in the rain, whatever, or the snow or the sleet or the hail. 
just to just to sit there at at his at his uh, at his rally. So all that's gone away. I predict he's going to win by a landslide. I predict that we'll we'll take the House back and hold a supermajority in the Senate, perhaps. I really think we're going to do that. And the reason this is, um, the American people aren't stupid, and they see the sham of the Mueller investigation, the so-called Russian P dossier, the Steele dossier, all that nonsense, the the Star Chamber with Adam Schiff. They see that, and now they're looking at COVID-19, the Wuhan virus, and realizing that, oh, wait, the Obama administration gave $3.5 million to the Wuhan Level 4 Biolab. And by the way, the, 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 the wag the dog, the classic wag the dog, well, the, uh, the virus came from the, the wet market 20 miles away. Uh, excuse me, what? <laughs> the virus came from the wet market? And just how, how was that accomplished, mister? What, what evidence do we have of that? And now it's coming out that, well, not so fast, citizen. What may have happened is that the, um, <clears throat> the level four biolab, China's only level four biolab, which is only 20 miles away from the wet market, and the Obama administration gave $3.5 million for the COVID-19 nonsense. There you go. There you go. And I, I said that weeks ago. Of course, and I was a conspiracy theorist for even saying that. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a, a, a terrorist, a, a fascist, a racist, a homophobe, a xenophobe. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and that's, what, that's where we are. I mean, it's just you can't make this stuff up, Tony. I mean, it's just the loony left has gone. They've just, they've just all in lockstep just jumped over the cliff like a, like a bunch of lemmings and embraced the theater of the absurd. When Alexander uh, Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, can applaud the fact that oil is, is, is negative for barrel, first time in history, where oil futures are 24 cents, un unprecedented, where, you know, it's negative and they have no place to store the oil. So isn't that interesting? Is, and she's sitting there applauding the fact, hooray, we're going under, hooray. And other, other loony Democrats, we're going to have to quarantine like this and keep the economy shut down for 18 months. Excuse me. No, we don't. And no, we won't. American people aren't going to do it. And that's why people are standing up. Even in California, my loony state of California, right? They're standing up and pushing back. And they need to. And we need to. Because we don't have all the facts. And the facts are being fudged. And the death count is not as high as 40,000. I, I would put it more like 25,000. I would take 15 right off of that immediately because you're padding in numbers to make this thing look like a, a, a pandemic. Instead, it's a scandemic. You know, it's, it's the COVID coup is really what it is. Yeah. You know, and I want to clarify something that I just said a little bit ago. Uh, I don't want people thinking that I'm saying that I'm anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I'm pro-choice with it's your right to decide whether you're vaccinated or not. You should not be forced upon a vaccination. So th that said- we're witnessing a power struggle in this country, and you're seeing it lay out right before your, right before your eyes. Where even even with one of those briefings that they do every day and stuff, uh, Trump played that like his own broadcast on the broadcast, and in that he was showing how the the news media has been manipulating things and turning things towards you know their agenda. And I found it interesting that in one of those clips, Fauci was in that clip. I find it interesting, very interesting. Uh, now, you mentioned about, uh, you hinted at this a lot, actually, the revealing of the indictments this, this coming week and stuff, and that whole idea. Um, this is something that I'm very 
foggy on as far as where I, I stand. Now, I before I even started the podcast, I was very vocal and I would post on my social media, which was barely not, anything at that time, uh, that I was anti, obviously anti-child uh, sex uh, trafficking. But I was, I was trying to expose something that I knew was real before I even had the show. And as time's gone on, this emergence of Q has come along where uh, this idea that, well, we know it's real. With Jeffrey Epstein's real, and he's just a tiny piece of the puzzle. And so, what are your thoughts on the whole idea of QAnon and these indictments? Because whether Q's real or not, if if it turns out to be true, I'm I'm celebrating. And if he's not, if he's if Q's not real, then we still have a lot of work to do because what they're, what Q's talking about is real. Well, here's the deal: Out of Shadows gets into the whole pedo gate stuff. If you haven't seen that film. Uh, Kevin Ship, I interviewed him last week. He was on my show talking about Out of Shadows and what this whole thing is. Look, Hollywood is up to their eyeballs in in, in trafficking. We know that. Uh, just look at Weinstein's behind bars. I mean, how many how many women have to come forward before you realize that the guy was a pig? And I don't I don't wish that you know jail on anybody. I mean, that's uh, death. You know, some things are, are worse than death, in my opinion. And being confined like that for the rest of your life. Uh, behind bars is uh, is a hell of a way to go. I mean, it's just horrible. And, you know, he's he's toast. I mean, that's it. He'll probably die in prison, maybe in a few years. Um, but, you know, Epstein, uh, look at look at Pedo, Pedo Island, you know, look at the Lolita Express. Why is Clinton flying on that thing like 20 over 20 times, 26 times? And Hillary went a number of times. What the heck is she doing there? How is it that Prince Andrew sits there with his arms around a 16-year-old girl, you know, and she's got like a, a halter top on, so she's bare-waisted? What the heck is that about? What What is he doing there? And then Epstein's, uh, you know, Giselle, Ghislaine, whatever her name is, in the background, uh, you know, she's there with a big grin on and stuff like that. So, you know, look, the island is real, and it's all sex trafficking. The whole thing with the uh, the Clinton Foundation in Haiti. Uh, what what happened to the woman that apparently allegedly worked for the Clinton Foundation or was somehow tied into it, and she got busted with like thirty kids, and and it was it was child trafficking. That's what she was doing. How is that possible? And according to what I read, allegedly the Clintons came in and and helped her and get her got a reduced sentence. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that's what I read. I haven't been able to you know totally vet that. But look, you look at Pedo Gate. You look at Abramovic which uh, Microsoft did this commercial with, which, the, you know, the, the high priestess in the world, uh, Maria Abramovic, which is the whole thing with spirit cooking. And, and Podesta goes to the spirit cooking thing. You know, this is Hillary's campaign manager, hello, and goes to Abramovic's spirit cooking deal. I mean, these people are all in it together. Why would Lady Gaga uh, spend time under the tutelage of Abramovic? I mean... Why would Tony Podesta talk about, I need about an hour of pizza? Why would he say that in an email? All those are code words, and all that's brought out in, in Out of Shadows. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that, this, that, the, that the hammer comes down. I mean, I'm just hoping beyond all hope. Do I believe in Q? Yes and no. Uh, the, the bottom line is we were told 10 days of darkness was coming that Easter weekend the hammer was going to drop, that Monday all this was going to happen, and that's come and gone. And the guy that was feeding me a lot of this information has been really quiet about it because nothing's happened. Absolutely duly squat. So it's moving very, very slow. Um, I think the indictments are going to happen. 
I'm hoping that they happen this week. That's what John Solomon, who's actually a real reporter and has been following this stuff forever, he said indictments this week. So I'm I'm ex- I'm expecting Clapper, Brennan, um, the whole crew, Rosenstein, perhaps Comey, all those guys. And you know, Trump already said it over the weekend that these guys in the higher echelon of the FBI and the CIA were scum, and he's right; they are scum. The fact that they would they would try a a, a coup. By, like Rosenstein, I'll wear a wire. We'll invoke we'll the 25th Amendment. We got to get rid of this guy. And this is the deep state. This is the shadow government. It is. This is what it is. It's a shadow government. And uh, it's all going to come out. And I just pray to God it does. But, you know, a lot of the hospitals that were built, there's, there's no emergency hospitals. Nobody's in there. Nobody's in there. The ships, one on, one on uh, in New York, one in Los Angeles. As far as I know, nobody in there. So what are we really looking at here? Again, it's a managed agenda, and it's going to be really interesting to see if the indictments come down this week, um, how far it goes and who starts squealing and what comes out. This is the real deal. And I think the American people will see it in spite of the, the loony, the loony uh, media that we have. There's now, I, don't, I don't go to Drudge Report anymore, anymore because Drudge has just gone completely – Left wing. It's just unbelievable. You know, how, how is that possible? So I go to pro Trump news and I go to CNN, too, and I, I'll check out Drudge. But I'm, I'm tired of watching the spin. I'm tired of watching these guys spin everything when it's not the truth. They're not telling us the truth. They're not telling the American people the truth. Yeah. And those who are telling the truth are the ones that are being shadow banned on social media and being taken down. London Real recently was taken off a lot of platforms. And and it's because they're like London Real does both sides of the aisle. I mean, they, they are like Brian does a great job with what he does with the interviews and stuff. He'll go conspiracies with David Icke and he'll go with more mainstream stuff. He's all over the place. And they took him down because he allowed things on his platform that they didn't like as part of their agenda. And even with you mentioned John Solomon, John Solomon, before the 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 um the the the, the uh, impeachment hearings started and everything was one of the most respected reporters out there. I mean, both sides of the aisle. He he was very accurate and very responsible. But as soon as he started saying things that he said about the impeachment hearings, uh, he was demonized as, as a conspiracy theorist. As and it's like John Solomon, are you kidding me? And, and so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, conspiracy theorist, right? It's just unbelievable. They they they, they use these terms over and over, and over again. Yeah. And, and so it, it's one of those things where uh, you really have to kind of step outside the situation and just uh, view things for what they really are. And that's why I've said it. I said it on the previous episode and I'll say it again. Like, I really encourage people to step away from the mainstream media, whether it's Fox or CNN or anything, and, and really let your brain cleanse from the brainwashing you've been going through. Because when you step back into that realm three to six months later of cl- cleansing your brain, you're truly going to think different because you you learned who you are, what they what they want you to do is to think the way they want you to think. And so each side is 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 programming you into, into thinking the way they want you to think. And so if you step back from that, all of a sudden you find out who you are. The identity politics in this country is out of control. They want you to identify with the political party. They don't care which one. They just want you to identify with one so they can demonize the other side can demonize you. You have to step outside of that and become your own individual. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more with you. It's exactly what's going on. So I wanted to ask you about this as well. Uh, you mentioned earlier about 9-11, and I, I'm really interested. So are you talking about uh, the building falling from a direct energy weapon? Is that what you were describing? 
That's what I think it is. Some kind of scalar technology, you know, S-K-L-A-R, scalar technology that was used. Um, thermite might have been used. I mean, we, we don't know. Uh, when, you, when you watch Dr. Judy Woods, and I, I remember looking at this thing when it collapsed, and I looked, turned to my wife and I said, that looks like controlled demolition. And then, then I didn't know about Building 7 at all for years, and then someone sent me the clip. And that's what that's what turned me around. I just went, oh my gosh, this is we were set up. And what did we get? We got the Patriot Act. We got TSA, you know, taking my camera back and pulling everything out of it. There might be a bomb in here. Right? It's just unbelievable. And that, and that's the thing. Like I, I was talking with Dr. Paul Cottrell. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. He's been really sharing a lot of his thoughts on the whole COVID nineteen thing in New York City. That's where he's based out of. And you know, he is calling right. this this time that we're in, uh, leading up to what he's going to call the Bio Patriot Act, where he he they're going to use this to take away more of it's our. It's exactly it's exactly what it is. Yeah, agree with you more. And and so people are uh, walking into this blindly and he's trying to sound the alarm because you know he's saying i don't just want 2019 america back he said i want 91001 america back i want pre 911 back because we still have the patriot act today and show me what it's good for nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> sorry i had to quote a line there <laughs> but you're talking to the choir you are talking to the choir All right, before we get into the Nephilim part of the show, I want to talk to you about another podcast that I came across that I think is fantastic because it's very similar to The Confessionals. It's called the Let's Read Podcast, which centers around narrating true scary experiences from real people just like yourself, ranging from creepy stalkers to paranormal encounters with the other side with the goal to lull you into a beautiful nightmare. Join narrator Let's Read as his sultry tones guide you through some of the most terrifying experiences one can imagine. Whether you're on the go, stuck at home, exercising, doing homework, chores, or just trying to relax, the Let's Read podcast will help you zone out the world and hone in on the horrors experienced by other first-person encounters. Let's Read has been described as a human ambient with the ability to declutter even the most obnoxious mind with merely his voice. And with over 600,000 subscribers on YouTube and podcasts, one can begin to understand why. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. You really came out the gate with throwing fireballs there with the COVID-19 and all that stuff. And I, and I appreciate that because, uh, you know, I think it's important that we explore thought and explore everybody's opinions as to what's going on here. And that's what we do on the show. We truly explore thought. And no matter who it is, uh, we let them share their opinions and stuff because that's how we get to the root of things. And that's what the mainstream media does not want to happen. People to actually think for themselves. And so uh, let's transition a little bit now into on the trail of the Nephilim. And so uh, with this uh, series that you're, it, would you call it like a docu-series? Is that what you're doing here? Yeah, it, the series is called On the Trail of a Nephilim. There are four installments in the series as we speak. Uh, six is done. 
I could release it, but I'm not going to. It's on the DNA and the elongated skulls and Paracas. I'm working on number five. Four is America's Stonehenge, the Canaanite Connection, part one. Part two, which will be number five in the series, is America's Stonehenge. And we talk about the connectivity between um, basically the Axis Mundi, that Stonehenge in America in New Hampshire seems to be the center of the world. And that, that site is 4,000 years old. And what we discovered there was absolutely amazing. So, you know, what we do is we drill down in, into all of this. And uh, in the films, again, there are, there are four episodes. And you can, you can go to the Vimeo channel, L.A. Marzulli, on my Vimeo channel, and you can watch them all for $12. That's a special we've got going now because of the uh, Wuhan virus. Everybody's inside. You can binge watch all four episodes for $12. If you were to buy a hard copy of a DVD, it's 20 bucks just for one. One DVD is $20. So we brought the prices way down. You want to get, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people watching this and understanding that there's a hidden history. There is a, Tony, there's a hidden history, not only in America, but globally. That's been deliberately obfuscated and managed by the powers that be. Oh, there's that conspiracy theorist again. But it's true. And our mission statement is to expose the deception of the prince of the power of the air and the herald of the return of the king, Jesus. And in all four films, we expose the deception of the prince of the power of the air. We show that these ancient megalithic sites, which are right here in America, America's Stonehenge, number four in the series, that it's a Nephilim site, Nephilim architecture, fallen angel technology is absolutely incredible what we see and we're not making this stuff up and you know you watch you watch the films and i guarantee by the fourth one you just be going oh my gosh i had no idea this was going on that's how important i think the films are I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I watched the very first episode and I was floored by the information you guys were giving out. It's very important to Thank understand you. this stuff. I mean, it, it's we're living in a time where truth information is being suppressed. And one of the truth and information categories that's being suppressed is our origins and the origins of this country and what happened here before we got here. The Nephilim, the topic Bingo. of the Nephilim has been suppressed through mainstream media and mainstream science for decades now. And in the very first episode, you had very well-respected archaeologists coming out and talking about the truth of the matter where they're not sure if what the mainstream media is spinning on this and mainstream science, I should say, is accurate. I mean, I, I was really surprised to hear some of those comments. Well, you know, we, we've got people, um, Mathematical Mysteries of the Mountain Builders, the second one. We have a, a, a professor of mathematics. I mean, she's, you know, that's what she does. And she's looking at the Octagon Mound, which is this earthwork in Ohio, which is so large, it's 50 acres. The Octagon Mound Complex encompasses 50 acres. Got that? 50 acres. And it's an irregular octagon. And you can only see it from the air. We flew a drone up hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet, eight, nine hundred, a thousand feet in the air. And we barely got the whole octagon in, un, under the camera lens. That's how big this thing is. 50 acres it encompasses. But it's not an equal octagon. Where the sides are all equal, it's irregular. Two of the sides are irregular. Tony, in order to do this, even on paper, with a compass, a ruler, and a protractor, 
you've got to know geometry. You just don't draw this thing. You've got to know geometry. And in some cases, trigonometry. Native Americans didn't have this. And then you build this octagon mound, which encompasses 50 acres. How do you check your work? You can't check your work. How do you even know what it is that you're building, for crying out loud? How do you know? How do you know? Well, the only way you can see it is from the air. And guess who the prince of the power of the air is? And so, so Dottie, um, the mathematician, the professor, comes on the record. She looks right at the camera and she says, with all due respect, um, a band of Native Americans did not construct this. And if I had a student that came to me and drew this on a piece of paper and I said, well, how did you arrive at this? And the student just said, well, I just kind of guessed here and guessed there and, and you know, look, this looked pretty good. Then I would, I would look at that as sufficient basis for cheating on some level. And she goes on the record saying that there's no way, in her opinion, Native Americans did this. Now, the moment I say that, I'm a racist because I say that. Well, let's turn that around. So let's go to the serpent mound, which is the largest serpent earth effigy on the planet. It's huge. Okay. It's also in Ohio. And the serpent is in the act with its mouth wide open, devouring what looks like an egg, which goes back to Genesis 3.15. I wrote a paper on this, which um, it's a new paradigm. It's a different paradigm on the serpent mound. And it was groundbreaking. And I arrived at that. The order of events was Gary Stearman was speaking about it's all about the seed at the Nephilim Mounds Conference in Ohio. I was also one of the speakers. But a friend of mine, Mark Hurstman, listened to Gary, and he was just out at the Serpent Mound a week earlier. And he realized, oh, my gosh, the serpent, the, the iconography that, that's embedded in, the, in that mound complex, that, 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 that huge undulating serpent across the Ohio landscape with its mouth agape is in the act of swallowing the seed of the woman. Genesis 3.15, the seed of a serpent, the offspring of a serpent. The seed of a serpent will be at enmity at war with the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman. He, Messiah, will crush your head. So that iconography of the serpent undulating on the on the Ohio uh, 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 grasslands, whatever, on this little peninsula of rock that goes out, it's a high place over a waterway, is screaming Genesis 3.15. Screaming Genesis 3.15. That the serpent is in the act of swallowing, destroying the egg. So Messiah the one who will crush the serpent's head will not be born. Now, archaeologists would never go with that. But when we were there, Fritz Zimmerman and I were there, we were filming there, all this is in the film, Mysterious Mound Builders, as well as uh, the second film, Mathematical Mysteries of the Mound Builders. We interviewed Chief Joseph Riverwin. And the reason why we interviewed the chief, first of all, he's a Native American, First Nation people, second of all, he's a peace chief of the Tiano tribe. And he, we said, Chief, when we were there at the Serpent Mound, there was this new signage telling us that the Shawnee built the Serpent Mound. Well, the chief was incensed by this, and he said, I can give you a quote by Chief Wallace of the Shawnee, who states on the record in writing that the Shawnee people did not build the Serpent Mound. And then the chief, his eyes get kind of filled with fire, and there's a lot of passion, verve in his voice. And he says, You know, it's okay, like 150 years ago when the white man came in and did this, that, and the other thing and told us that, you know, we didn't do this. That's one thing. It's another thing 15, 20 years ago when the white men are trying to tell us that the Shawnee built that. 
in spite of the fact that the Shawnee chief stands up and said, no, we didn't build that. So who's the real racist here, folks? Am I the real racist because I say that the Native Americans didn't build the octagon mound, didn't build the serpent mound, didn't build the great serpent uh, cir circle mound in Newark, Ohio? I'm not the racist here. The racists are mainstream archaeologists who insist that Native American oral tradition didn't get it right. The real racists are guys like Cyrus Thomas, who stated at the turn of the 19th and the 20th century that Native Americans built all these mounds. They just forgot that they had done so. That, that's, that's the paradigm that archaeologists hold today. That's, that's, that's the existing paradigm in modern-day archaeology and anthropology. That Native Americans built the mounds, but they just forgot that they had done so. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. Yeah, and and that's that's incredible to to say that. And you know, and I'm glad you went into the serpent mounds because I heard you talk about that, and I was my mind was kind of like blown away with what you said because I I'd never heard that before, and I was like, holy crap, that, that that's that makes more sense than any explanation I've ever heard. And so maybe it's because of my theological you know world perspective, but still, I, I found it very intriguing. Uh, but what you're talking about with the Native Americans and their their them saying that you know we didn't build these things i would i would ask this question you know to the world would you would you think that if you're going to say that these people this group of people built these mounds and built this architecture you would think there would be evidence to point that they built it before maybe even on a smaller scale but there's no evidence as far as i'm concerned that they're that they built such types of structure, even on a smaller scale, you would think that that's what those kind of structures they'd be living inside of and things like that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't spend all this time and energy building something so grand and huge if there's no evidence of them building it on a smaller scale. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it totally does. In fact, this is my presentation for Steve Quayle's um, uh, conference this year. It, it, is, it is streaming. Um, it is live streaming. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a video event. So, you know, go to Gen 6 Productions and you can check that out for yourself. But that was the whole point. I show specifically that these cultures, like in Corral, Peru, where I've been three different times, and when you go to Corral, this whole pyramidal complex, which reminds you of Teotihuacan, which is in Mexico, but that happens thousands of years after Corral. Corral is the oldest city in America, and this whole complex of, of 18 and a half year lunar cycle, uh, knowledge of procession of, of the equinoxes, solstices, it's all there. There is no pre-existing culture which goes, well, maybe we should uh, build a pyramid. Well, what's a pyramid? Well, I don't know, but we're going to build one. I mean, there is no pre-existing culture. This whole thing just rises up, just like we see in Newark, Ohio, at Cahokia, um, at the Graves Creek Mound. And, you know, they have no idea who these people were even called themselves. They make up names, the Adina, the Hopewell. Just make up these names. Hopo was a freaking farmer, and he found some artifacts. So they named this whole lost culture Hopewell. It's not Hopewell. You guys don't even know what these people called themselves, and yet you're going to tell us all about it. You're going to tell us all about it. You're going to deconstruct it for us and let us know that these people built these mounds. Show us. And, and I love in the first film, we, we made a replica of a, uh, uh, a stone hoe. That was used, let's say, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. And we hired a fit laborer. This guy goes out, and he, and he digs in the, in the dirt, and he gathers it and puts it in the bucket. They would have used deer skin, and then hauls the dirt to a location and then tamps on it with his feet. 
When I show that at conferences, people just howl with laughter. They just howl with laughter because the whole thing begins to collapse. We are told that to deconstruct one of these large mound complex, which is the, which is Mount uh, Fort Ancient in Ohio, 3.5 miles of continuous earthen walls, 3.5 miles of earthen walls, okay, with 66 gates in them. Now, archaeologists say 67. We think they're fudging the number. It was probably 66 gates, okay? So you got the 66 gates, 3.5 miles of continuous earthen walls. When you deconstruct those, Tony, when you were to take all the dirt out of those mounds and put them in dump trucks and stack those dump trucks, line those dump trucks up end to end, it's 200 miles of dump trucks end to end. Now, this is Ohio, where the ground freezes, okay, from like October, early November to the end of March. So you've got this minimal <laughs> window of time to build. And then you've got this hunter-gatherer society. So how's this going to work? How are you going to build this thing when we, there is no refrigeration? Yeah, we got jerky. I get that. We could smoke the salmon. I get that. But how are we doing this? How the, well, it took thousands of years, L.A. Guys are just making this stuff up. Just making this stuff up. You have no idea how it was done. Well, it was done one basket full of a time because we found one basket full of dirt in town. Well, okay, but what if that's a secondary burial? Or what if someone is burying someone in the mound and they're hauling the dirt up with the baskets? Why is it that the Graves Creek Mound in West Virginia was compacted so tight so tight that when they drilled in there, they, they went into the mound and they discovered this giant skeleton. And that skeleton was put on display. And we actually showed this in, 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 in the series and how they, how they now have twisted it and sh photoshopped the very picture that we released in our film. And, oh, it really wasn't a giant. Oh, yes, it was. We've got the original photograph before you guys photoshopped it. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? You're absolutely right. What are you afraid of? They know the answer. We know the answer, but it's a standoff because we don't know who's going to answer it first. You know, uh, what you guys pictured, especially in the first episode, because like I said, I, that's what I watched so far. I have the other three. I'm going to be watching them. Uh, what what you guys pictured there was very good that you actually showed what the tools they're going to use and how the, they used it and what the process took to actually build what the what the scientific mainstream scientific community is saying that they how they did it and, and you got to ask your question you guys asked this question in the in the documentary uh, how did they pack the dirt down the way they needed to in order to build such a big structure this isn't like just dumping a piece of a pile of dirt and just keep dumping and dumping till you ta -da, you have what you have there's actual work and effort put into this. And if you have the limited tools like they say they had, it does something isn't connecting here. And I'm glad there's people like you that are actually truly questioning the official narrative. I try to do it on my limited time and ability here on the show, but I love referencing to you to you specifically. Uh, I learned so much from your stuff. And I want to ask you a question that many people ask me. And, you know, I have my personal beliefs as to how the world is around us today. Like, I, I believe that the this world is very spiritual. And I want to ask you this. People ask me all the time, do the Nephilim walk the earth today? 
And I know you've talked about the Kandahar Giant before. I've talked about certain right. things before yeah. as well, where I had a listener contact me who's in the, the military and he was stationed in Afghanistan. And he would talk to locals who said that there are giants up into in the, uh, I think it was called the, the Wakahan Corridor. It's like a natural refuge. And it, it, it's a very small section of Afghanistan that borders China. And they said specifically, they don't go up there because there are giants up there. Now, what are your thoughts on the whole idea of today, right now, giants being alive and well? Oh, there, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, just look at the Kandahar giant. And we know from our from Steve Quell's work that that's not the same giant. Steve Quell's guy that flew one out uh, was a completely different guy in a different location. Since then, I've had two or three other people contact me with sightings that they've had. And they were also in Kandahar. Uh, one of them uh, was a helicopter pilot who immediately was promoted and he took out a bio a dead biological entity. And I said, I said, was it a giant? He just looked at me, nodded his head. Yes. Backed away from my table and disappeared into the crowd. So there you go. Wow. See, you know what, LA, I didn't know it's that. Real. I, I did not know that. I'm glad you said that because up, up to this point, in fact, I was on recently on a, a, a very large show as a guest, maybe a few months ago, and I, I talked about the Kandahar giant and I referenced you both, you and Steve Quayle, but I thought that it was the same giant with two cooperating stories on the same stories. What you're saying is it's two separate in incidences that you both uncovered. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And there's more. That's my whole point. There are There are more than that one. So... It's interesting. Absolutely interesting. Yeah. You know, and I'll say this real quick. Uh, I've also been told I, I, I've had people because of this, the size of the show and the length of time I've been doing it now, I've had people come to me and tell me information and you take it for what it is. But I did have a guy come to me who was retired CIA. I know for a fact he was retired CIA. And he had told me that uh, his intelligence, what he was told was that uh, the Moab bomb uh, it, that happened in the beginning yeah. of Trump's presidency. Yeah. Uh, was uh, actually targeting not only ISIS, but a cell of giants that they, I guess, maybe had a hard time taking out or whatever. But it's interesting that the, they use the name Moab because of what the Moabites did in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. Uh, and so I, I just, I find how a lot of this stuff is synchronistic and how it all kind of seems to blend together. Uh, but LA, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts on COVID-19 or the Wuhan virus or coronavirus or whatever you want to call it. And uh, also talking about on the trail of the Nephilim, because uh, I'm extremely excited about finishing the series that you put out so far. I'm interested in seeing the rest of them when you put them out. And it's I'm telling everybody it's action packed information. You have you'll you will not be walking away feeling like you're dumber. I promise you that. Uh, so, L.A., if you could, before we get out of here, let people know where they can find you find the on the trail of the Nephilim or any other information or contacts that you want to put out there. Best place to go is just to go to the uh, website, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net. If you look under films, all that stuff will come up. You can also go to my Vimeo channel, L.A. Marzuli, and you can rent the films, all four, all four of them for 12 bucks. So it's over four hours worth of, of film. You can binge watch them all. You'll walk away just going, oh, I had no idea. And we've interviewed some incredible experts and people who really know what they're talking about, archaeologists, anthropologists. And uh, that's why we're on the trail, Tony. That's why we're on the trail. LAMarzuli.net and the Vimeo is L.A. Marzuli.
Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, let your friends know about the show, either word of mouth, social media. I don't care how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. And if you're part of our newsletter, check your email throughout the day because we're going to be sending out a special newsletter for you guys involving L.A. Marzulli. And if you want, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. But on Instagram, I've been posting and updating pictures of the studio that I'm building in my basement because I'm getting kicked out of this room because we are expecting another baby. So we are heading to the basement. So (laughs) that's where I'm being banished to, the basement. But it's okay. The room's coming along really well. We're putting in carpet as you listen to this show. So hopefully by the time I'm recording more interviews this coming weekend, we will be recording in the new studio, hopefully. All right, guys, until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye.